So it's really important to, to know where you where that patient is in their cycle and check before and after ovulation, just because our hormone profile is so different throughout the month. for Both, a curbside consult series by the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists. I'm Dr. Christina Francis, APLOG CEO and board-certified OBGYN. I'll be hosting today's episode. I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Sarah Peterson for a two-part conversation about holistic fertility care. Dr. Peterson is a board-certified OBGYN who specializes in fertility, holistic medicine, and surgery. She practices in Denver, Colorado, where she is the founder of Vera Health and Fertility, where she takes a holistic, personalized approach to women's health issues. At Vera, Dr. Peterson thinks outside the box to get to the bottom of why couples are having fertility issues or other concerns like abnormal bleeding, PMS symptoms, or painful periods. She provides a welcoming environment and comes up with very personalized treatment plans unprecedented in current medical care. Dr. Peterson, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to start out just by having you tell us a little bit about what made you decide to go into medicine and then what made you interested specifically in holistic women's health care. Yeah. Well, I'm the kind of person that loves to get to know people and learn their stories. So medicine and especially OBGYN was really appealing to my personality and my strengths because you get to know women through so much of their journey. And as I started seeing patients, I felt like my medical training was really limited in what we could offer. And I kept feeling like, oh, I think we can do better. Like, oh, I think we could dive deeper. For example, in medical school and residency, we actually really don't learn a lot about nutrition, exercise science, vitamins, supplements, which I think are essential in caring, especially for women adequately. So I had to kind of learn it all on my own after residency, and I feel like it gave me this amazing toolkit for how we can take care of women so much better and so much more holistically, because I think it's super important to take the approach of actually figuring out what's going on and finding ways to support the natural functions of the body instead of just using medicine for a quick fix, which is sometimes easy to do if you have short appointments or you don't listen to the patient and what they're telling you. And I think something as complex as fertility, for example, really requires sometimes going by the book, but also other times thinking outside the box and being a little bit creative in how you approach each patient and having a different approach to each patient instead of trying something that is just a protocol. So I really try to focus on the whole person, like their diet, sleep, exercise, stress, life factors and use more of a multimodal approach where I think about their nutrition, their mental health, their hormone balance, because the goal is really to journey with women and learn about their bodies and be able to make changes that will help them for their whole lives, not just like a quick diet or a short-term plan or something fast. So it's like once you learn how to really take care of women, it's just the best and you can never, you can never go back. Oh man, so many things that you just said resonated with me. And, you know, I hope if we have medical trainees that are listening, 
Um, one of the things that struck me, I don't know if it did you as well when you got out into practice, but you know, when you finish residency, you think, okay, I've learned, you know, most of what I need to go take care of my patients now that I've finished residency. And man, it's just so different when you get out into actual practice. And, and, you know, I kind of had the same realization as you, I think in many ways in that, man, I wasn't really trained in how to look at the whole person. And so much of medicine now is just really fixing a symptom, not fixing the underlying cause of that symptom. And that gets very frustrating, I think, for us as physicians, but also for our patients, too, who just really want an answer to what's going on with their bodies and, and that sort of thing. So um, so what does your practice look like on a day-to-day -day basis um, that might be a little bit different than you know other, other physicians that are listening? And how do you think that does differ from most traditional medical practices? So we have a really intimate practice. Like when you walk in, it looks like a living room and not like a medical clinic. And it's fun when you have a women clinic, you get to make it girly, right? You get to have tea with lemon and dark chocolate, you know, and that kind of a thing. But we get to know our patients really, really well. So my appointment times are really long compared to a regular clinic. When I first see a patient, I usually spend an hour and a half with them and do an exam and an ultrasound. And I also spend a lot of time prepping for each appointment. So I look at their labs, any records that they have. So by the time they come into the office, we don't have to focus on like, oh, what are your allergies? What are your past medical history? We can focus on what's actually important to them and how they're feeling. And the way that we set up our model, we have a membership model. So patients have unlimited appointments and unlimited phone calls and they can just message or text me or my staff. So if they have a quick question, I they just text me and I can text them right back and it goes right into their right into their chart. And I think that is pretty uncommon nowadays. Sometimes it's really hard to get a hold of your doctor. But when we're doing that journey of learning about someone's ovulation and their hormones and their fertility, it can be super complex. So it's really helpful to have a lot of touch points and it's helpful for the patient to update me. Like, how are they feeling? How is this cycle going? How are you doing? And then I also just focus on a lot of things that other doctors don't. I focus on a lot of gut health, glucose and insulin responses, food sensitivities, vaginal microbiomes, different sources of inflammation that could be causing pain and bloating, and just some of those really, you know, unique things, but that affect us on a daily basis that can really impact hormone balance and fertility. Amazing. Um, you know, I think for people listening and thinking, man, I wish that I could go see a doctor like that, that would spend that much time with me. And, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Move out to Colorado. That's right. Um, but, uh, you know, but also I just think for physicians too, especially in the, in the time that we live in and in the way that so many people's practices are, you know, with burnout being so high and, all of the sort of red tape that comes along with the practice of medicine now um, to think about really being able to invest in your patients' lives like that and spend that amount of time with them, I have to imagine is, is really fulfilling and much more fulfilling than sort of the rat race that I think that a lot of physicians are, are in right now, um, you know, trying to see 50 patients a day or, or whatever number they might be trying to see. So, um, you know, this is, this is good for me to hear and hopefully good for our listeners to hear too, to think outside of the box a little bit with how your practice, what your practice might be able to look like. So, um, 
So what are the most common hormonal imbalances that you see? I know a lot of our, our listeners who maybe our patients are going to be um, wondering about this. And what are the most common misdiagnoses you see applied to those hormonal imbalances? Yeah. One thing that is important it is it's really important to check hormones at specific times in your cycle. Because I often have patients come to me and they've had their hormones checked by another practitioner or physician and they said, oh, they checked my hormones and everything was normal, but they just kind of checked them at a random time and they didn't pay attention to where they were in the cycle. So it's really important to, to know where you where that patient is in their cycle and check before and after ovulation, just because our hormone profile is so different throughout the month. And so sometimes we check them and we say, oh yeah, you do have a hormonal imbalance. And the patient's like, I knew it. I knew it. Like I feel hormone imbalance in my body. So it's like, if you're not feeling well and you're not feeling right, there's something wrong. You know your body better than anybody else. And just things like if you're having PMS symptoms, so if you're moody, irritable, you have breast tenderness, that means you have some kind of hormonal imbalance. The goal is to have no no PMS symptoms at all, but you have to check the hormones when the patient is having the symptoms. Otherwise you're not going to catch it. If you know, are they having the symptoms because their estrogen is getting too low or their progesterone is getting low or there's imbalances in those ratios. So I would say things that I commonly see, for example, are like high estrogen is a big one, but you don't just want to stop there. You want to figure out why are they making so much estrogen? You know, is it because it's not being metabolized? well in their gut or why are their ovaries making so much estrogen or do they have an issue with their endocrine axis or their adrenal glands and I think people are starting to pay a lot more attention to progesterone which is awesome but I think also you have to pay attention to estrogen as well because they're you know they're like best friends so I, you can't just check progesterone you also have to check estrogen too because sometimes people get diagnosed with low progesterone but what if their estrogen is off or their progesterone is actually normal relative to their estrogen? So it's important to check those things together. I think a lot of times, too, people get diagnosed with thyroid issues because they're fatigued and they're tired all the time. But it's actually, and then they check their thyroid and they're like, oh, your thyroid's normal. But it's actually that their hormones are low. Like they're not making good estrogen or progesterone. And that's why they feel so yucky. But you have to check the hormones in the luteal phase to really know what's going on. So you have to just make sure you check it at the right time. But then when you say that to people, they say, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like, that makes sense why I'm feeling so yucky. And so it's just if you, if you check the hormones at the right time and you put the whole picture together with how they're feeling, I think it just really makes women feel validated that, they are feeling something and what they're feeling isn't normal and it's explained by their hormones and that we can fix it and there's something that we can do and targets that we can have. So turns out women are complicated. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. We are very complicated creatures. That's yes, for sure. Exactly. Um, well, and I think I know how you would answer this question and this was a descriptive question. So I'm kind of throwing it to throwing it to you out of the blue, but you know, thinking about that, I just think of, in my training, you know, so many times if we thought people's hormones were out of balance, we'd just put them on birth control pills. You know, this is going to straighten out your your cycles. But the method that you're describing of checking these specific hormones and checking them at certain times in a woman's cycle, I would imagine that allows you so much better than to be able to tailor your treatment recommendations specifically to them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's exactly the goal because maybe their follicular phase looks great between the time that they have their period and ovulate, but then they they either make a lot of estrogen or it falls off a cliff and that's the day that they feel super moody and then we can focus our efforts like just on the luteal phase and or just on their estrogen and figure out ways to either bring it up or down and have their whole picture of their life support that. So, for example, if we're trying to get your estrogen levels higher, you know, what are we doing in your diet to help your body's natural production of estrogen? What are we doing with your exercise, right? Are you burning off your natural estrogen because you're exercising way too much? Like, what supplements are you taking? What's your stress level like? How are you sleeping? Just, we like, knowing what's going on enables you to tailor their whole life to those goals. Yeah, yeah, amazing. You know, I think a lot of physicians maybe feel like it isn't really necessary to worry about, you know, quote unquote, reproductive hormones, progesterone, estrogen, unless patients are having difficulties becoming pregnant. That's when I think a lot of people think about, okay, we need to make sure hormone levels are are where they need to be. In your view, though, what are the benefits, if any, I would imagine that there are, but to optimizing hormone health other than maximizing the chances of carrying a healthy pregnancy to term? Yeah, and sometimes, a lot of people come to me with that, too, and they said, oh, my doctor said, you know, don't worry about it. You're fine. You're having regular cycles. But I always say, really listen to your body. Your body will tell us what it needs. You know, if you feel like something's off and something isn't right, then it's off and it isn't right, and we have to figure out what's going on because you know your body better than anybody else. And hormones are so important in every single day that we live our lives as women. So if our hormones are balanced, we feel our best selves. We have energy, we feel happy, we have good libido, and it makes us enable us to have the energy and the mood that we want to live our daily lives. But if our hormones aren't balanced, then we feel fatigued and irritable irritable and moody and not ourselves. And it just makes a huge difference just in our daily lives in general. And then, of course, you want your hormones to be in balance because You don't want to put yourself at risk for ovarian cysts, endometriosis, especially women's cancer comes from hormones being imbalanced, heart attacks, bone loss, and just long, long long-term health. You want to make sure your hormones are balanced every single day, every single month, whether you're trying to conceive or not. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I think about how many, when I, I, I work as a hospitalist now, so I don't see patients in the office, but... Man, I think back to when I saw patients in the office and how many women would come to me with these kinds of complaints that you're talking about. And I just felt at such a loss of, I don't, you know, I checked their thyroid levels. Their thyroid levels were fine. I checked their hemoglobin. It was fine. And, you know, but they're saying, but I feel exhausted all the time. And, you know, I just really felt at a loss of feeling like I wanted to help my patients, but I didn't have much more to offer them because I didn't have this knowledge and this training. So um, I'm sure that it's resonating with so many people and um, exciting to know that there are answers. And and we'll close out the next episode by having you tell us where uh, physicians could go to get some of these answers and some of this training. But for now, this has been a great first half of this conversation, and I look forward to continuing in part two, where we'll discuss how Dr. Peterson applies the principles she just described in order to help couples who are struggling with infertility, a struggle that that we know many have. So, um, So thank you, Dr. Peterson, and we'll look forward to the next episode. And a massive thank you to our listeners for joining us today. 
If you like this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on whatever podcast app you're using to listen. If you have any topic requests, you can reach out to us on social media via the links in the description of this episode or via email at info at aaplog.org. If you're a medical professional interested in joining the AppLog community, we'd love to have you become a member by going to aaplog.org slash join. We exist to support your pro-life practice. We will see you next week.